0: Really talk about our podcast. Ready you go? Well, well, well,
1: look who's back. It's back First again. Off You're Wrong, the podcast by two dudes smart enough to see problems, but too dumb to figure out how to fix them. I'm Luke, with me is Jeremiah.
0: Hello, hello, and we're Last, in our new studio. You
1: totally destroyed the opening, but yes, yes so we are in our new studio. There's checkered. Things in front of us, which would be sound dampening so it's not so echoey. Like A green wall and Every LED room lights. in my house that is echoey, and then you hear small children screaming and crying in the background. Now
0: you just hear cats running around it's above just,
1: us. It's so serene, so peaceful down here in this basement dwelling. Slightly cold. Could you call us basement dwellers now? Oh, man, yeah. Anyway, last week was Christian <laughs> Nationalism Part 1. Uh, it'd be the
0: definition. Did we get a definition? I think Jeremiah got a pretty good one at the very end. We got we got some definitions. I think we got more of a what modern people would view as Christian nationalism, and then we kind of talked about the other views, whether it's theonomy or theocracy or sacralism. We talked about those a little bit. We'll talk about those more tonight. Good. Here's the disclaimer. All right, as you guys know, this podcast is mainly opinion based. But, of course, as Christians, our utmost authority is Scripture. Our goal with this podcast is to make you come away thinking about something you may not have thought of before or thinking about things you may have thought of in the past a little bit more clearly. With that said, Luke, what are people wrong about this week? People are wrong about Christian nationalism. (laughs) Again. Part two, electric boogaloo. Again.
1: Again. You are wrong again about Christian nationalism. What
0: are we what are we focusing in on?
1: Yeah, this week I think we agreed on that it'd be more of the pros and cons of Christian nationalism and just seeing what good can come of it, what bad could come of it. So a pros and cons list. Yeah, a pros and cons list, you could say. But I hate <laughs> pros and cons lists. You know, they're just so so just nineteen uh, eighties and whatnot, like a Rolodex. But anyway, you don't have a Rolodex. I I don't. I have an iPhone that holds all of my contacts, and ever- yet I still don't have people's contacts. Like I have people from church that just joined. I have their phone number, and they're texting me. I'm texting them, and um, I still have not saved them.
0: You don't have my wife's phone number saved.
1: I I think I still don't. I, don't I try to do. not to save anyone's wife's phone number now. <laughs> That sounds weird, but that's just how I am because I don't want
0: to. You just, want to be above reproach.
1: I, I, I actually, I really no. I actually have it saved now. Oh, actually, I, wow. Do. But I, I don't have, that. I don't have either of your brothers' wives' numbers. I don't have any of them. I don't have. I think our special guest last week. I have his wife's number only because I've done work on their house, oh. and I needed some tape, and she was available to. Give me some tape. <laughs> so that would, tape. that would be that would be the reason why I have it. Because I had her number before. I talked to her before about something and about an insurance thing. And then um I just it just mysteriously disappeared. And then yeah, and I was like, oh, there it is again. Huh. So I really just don't keep friends' wives' numbers. Yeah. Above reproach. Just like I wouldn't go to lunch with another woman without my wife there. Mike Pence, 2024. I'm, t- I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just joking. I thought he okay. dropped out. He probably. I think he did. But I. That was one of his. That was one of his things that he, that he did, which everyone thought was really weird. He he said that. He said I would not go to lunch with another woman without my wife there. And everyone was like, Oh, what a weirdo! And I'm like, That is the great. I wasn't even married at the time, and yeah. I was like, I I am definitely instituting that because I don't know why you would think that that wouldn't be a good
0: thing. I remember. As a kid growing up, my dad would help a lot of people, like a lot of young women, especially work on their cars. And he always had at least one of us, one of at least one of his sons, yeah, was there at all times. Yeah. And if we if he we went over to anyone's house, it could be the old lady down the street, it could be anyone. Yeah, then one of his sons is going with him. Someone is going with him, just because you know, no one's going to accuse him of anything, but. Now, definitely there's no way of accusing him Yeah, of 100%. And that, that Pence rule or uh, the Billy Graham rule or whatever you call it, I think I, I hold to that.
1: And if we had a Christian nation, we wouldn't have to worry about any of this. No. Those. And Mike
0: Pence is a Christian <laughs> nationalist. Is, is he considered Put one? Put that in the cons I'm box. Sure, I'm sure, yeah. sure he is.
1: Every one of them is, man. That's what yeah. it is. If you're, if you're a politician and you're a conservative, you're just automatically a Christian nationalist. It's,
0: yeah. That's and, how it is. And that's kind of what we ended on last week is talking about how – the, the, the term Christian nationalist could probably be more accurately termed nationalist Christian in today's day and age, because there's very few politician politicians who hold the title of Christian that are practicing and they bear fruit as a Christian. Uh, I use the example of Lauren Boebert. You could use... Lauren. Lauren. La- that- Laura. Lauren.
1: Lauren. Lauren. Lauren, Bovert. you said Roran I'm sorry. I just why I heard. I'm, okay, I'm gonna take it back. Whatever you said it right.
0: Or Marjorie Taylor <laughs> Green, or uh, Charlie Kirk. Well, I don't know too much about Charlie Kirk, so I'll throw him under the bus. I don't think he's a Christian. He, he he's he's a. I've heard him talk about Christianity before, and he he claims to be a Christian. Oh, he, he claims to be. He, I thought he didn't claim I, to be a Christian. I, I, I think he does. That's I thought he was Jewish. No, that's Ben Shapiro.
1: Oh. Well, I know okay, I know who Ben Shapiro is. Okay, I was asked, whatever <laughs> it doesn't matter. But to be.
0: anyways, <laughs> the all, you can look at any of these people who are you know claiming to be Christians. Dan Crenshaw is another one. Um, Ted Cruz. I could just keep going down the list of people naming names. Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr. Um, that claim to be Christians, but they aren't really walking the walk and talking the talk. There's no real s- fruit there. So it's it's kinda hard to agree with them whether or not they're Christians and they really just use it as a way to throw stuff out there to get political brownie points. I remember uh some guess this is a con? No, I'm just saying what we ended on. <laughs> okay, I was like And then there there are the people who say, Yeah, I'm a Christian nationalist and they're you know, Doug Wilson or uh people in that vein. I know Doug Wilson says mere Christendom. More well that's than Christian, Christian nationalism. nationalism just on a huge a large scale. Yeah. At least in his
1: words, that's what I would assume it is since he says that.
0: And But what they would say, they actually do walk the walk and talk the talk of Christianity, and they're not using it as means to an end to get elected. In fact, a lot of people in that vein would probably struggle a lot to get elected into a public office because they are practicing Christians in a major way. I mean, I I can't imagine, you know, someone like... uh, like Jeff Durbin, right, one of my favorite preachers. He uh, he does a lot with end abortion now, and he is consistent for calling out the pro uh, pro-life lobby because they don't want pro-life in the sense that they really should be. They say, oh, well, you know, yes, abortion is murder, it's wrong, but the mother is a victim, and we need to, you know, we need to be gentle and we need to treat her with kid's glove because she's just as much a victim. Whereas he says, no, I'm an abolitionist. And if you take part in abortion in any sense, you are guilty. And because of that, he has lost a lot of people on the pro-choice, on the pro, not the pro-choice, on the pro- pro-life pro train. And you think, okay, well, if he wanted to go get elected as governor or as city council or whatever, right. even if it's the most pro-life county or district or whatever, he's probably going to struggle because of some of the views, the biblical views he holds. So that those people—and I'm not claiming Jeff Durbin is Christian nationalist. He would use the term—he's uh, a theonomic Christian like the Puritans were. Uh, but he still—that that, that example of walking the walk is pertinent to the conversation. So let's go with something,
1: I guess—I don't know, this isn't really a pros and cons list— Part, i guess but we're gonna go with the name of so i got secular secular nationalism versus christian nationalism yeah and which is better which gives more freedom and which would you rather live under and you don't have to be short with this answer i mean you
0: could be long with it i mean it doesn't matter whatever you want to do you know it's your it's your show so with with secular nationalism, would you mean something like strict fascism? Or would you mean No, I'm just talking about like someone so
1: we just love our country, has nothing no God, has okay. not no no allegiance to any religion whatsoever. Um, it's founded by people that are a religious. So there's absolutely no religion. That's who's in office, who's in power, which it pretty much is who's in office and who's in power right now. And um and that would be, you know, considered from the founding to here. Well let's forget the founding, actually. Let's just say right now, right right here, right now. So people that would just be absolutely like a religious. We don't talk about it. We don't care about it. It has nothing to do with we are only going to be guided by our human nature.
0: Well then which is you in- get fascism. So <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of hard to be devoid of any religion and also be nationalist it I mean you look at the Soviet Union and Joseph Stalin you some would say they were devoid of religion but really the religion was the state mm-hmm. and you can't deny well
1: not even maybe the state but I mean I mean I'd say now our you know would be like consumerism it'd be it'd be more and more and more money everything like that forget the state I mean but then again I guess with nationalism, we're talking about love of a country so i understand yeah. what you're saying
0: yeah so if you were to say okay our our love for the united states has nothing to do with religion mm-hmm. i i don't know if Pretty that is even it, well, possible maybe, maybe
1: think again it just be the the i know it's not even possible but it's the the rule of people that have no guiding light of being the bible being godly um, manners and godly anything.
0: Well, I want to I want to pull up uh, a John Adams quote. John Adams, second president. Of, John Quincy Adams, huh? No, he was the fourth. <laughs> um, Wait, no, fifth. Washington John- Adams, Jefferson Madison. Hold Montgomery, on, hold Adams. on. Sixth, sixth. sixth. Hold he was on, the sixth. stop,
1: stop, John Quincy Adams.
0: John Quincy Adams was the you, sixth. You do your thing while well, I look this up. But John Adams Sr., uh, he said in a in a letter... He was the sixth. Yeah. Dang, okay, yeah. fine, whatever. Uh, John Adams Sr. in a letter to the soldiers at, I think it was the Massachusetts militia. Um, he said, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And that's a much longer quote I would encourage people to read because it it really... Keyholes exactly what I'm trying to get at here, which is that you can say, oh, well, the United States is a religious, it doesn't have a religion, M- M- separation of church and state, uh, no roads. The but John Adams specifically stated in 1798 the Constitution only works for a moral and religious people, and John Adams, being a Christian meant it in one way. Uh, he didn't mean it as, well, you know, religious, you know, I'm spiritual, not religious. He didn't mean it like that. He meant it like a Christian nation. He meant it as a moral Christian nation. So, pleading to John Adams' authority as one of the founding fathers and the second president of the United States, I would say that it is impossible to have an atheist national nationalist religion, because some religion will take form in that nation.
1: Okay, well let's go with a government devoid of God, so that'd be the secular nationalism, and Christian nationalism, which is a government that is beholden to God. So which would you rather have
0: oh I would I would much Obviously, rather have a Christian for nation. us
1: would rather have Christian nationalism but I think that's the problem with a lot of people when you look at the ones that hate Christian nationalism or try to dispel it at every turn and call us all racist okay sorry us I'm not necessarily <laughs> well, they, <here. laughs> they would,
0: because because you're a Christian living in the United States you're a Christian nationalist and yeah, congratulations but I'm not white no you're all not right
1: so I got you last week you you're, said that and I was like
0: but me? No, you're you're two what, fifths. What out am of I the three? Th- <laughs> that's not true. No, not two fifths. Two point five. Yeah, out, I was like two three. fifths out of three. No. This doesn't make any that sense. Does not make any sense. <laughs> what? Where is that math? This is
1: about as good as me saying John Quincy Adams was the second president. Anyway, but it, it's so that's this was a point that one of my cousins brought up, which I talked about last week. He was like, you know, people talk about well, you know, Christians. Have persecuted each other. Christians have, you know, or you you talked about Christians persecuting each other mm-hmm. last week. Presbyterians versus Baptists. The story about um, what's his name in the well with uh, Martin Luther.
0: Oh,
1: I, it's you me off guard. yeah, it's a funny. Yeah, we got we got the story though. We remember it from last week. Um, it, But my cousin's point in all of this when he was asking me these questions was he said. You know, we talk about Fritz Erba. Fritz Erba. Okay, so we were t- we talk about like we we wouldn't want if if you have Christians and it was a Christian nation and we were they were completely in charge, then they would start persecuting other religions because Christianity is our religion. That is what our country will be based around, and and that's the principles we're going to stick to. To his and then his point was, but you haven't even given Christians a chance to run things. Now we've let the secularists run it, which is I would believe now, I don't care if you tell me you're a Christian and you're and and you're in politics. I again, like you said, you can look at the fruit. I mean, we're not we're not God. I can't I can't fully tell you hey, this person isn't a Christian, but the Lord tells us in the Bible gives us an ex- gives us our guiding light of finding out if you're a Christian or not and he says, you will know them by their fruit. Mm-hmm. So I can look at a lot of politicians, majority of them be like there is literally zero to negative fruit. Um I don't know what a negative fruit looks like but you know you can probably imagine withered trees yeah, worse than withered trees anyway <laughs> like a bobcat ripping it out after it's like completely destroyed the earth around it. Um and he said, you know, we have never had like Christians running a, a nation and running it under the the flag of Christianity has never occurred um fully to whatever extent christian nationalism wants so sitting here and everyone going well the christians would start persecuting the muslims and they start persecuting uh the cat like if it was protestant which would which is what we'd want it would be they would start you know persecuting the catholics and then they would also start persecuting hindis and everyone else and then the people that are agnostic or atheists, they'd be persecuted as well but it's like, but well, we have never been given this opportunity to do this, so why are we just assuming automatically that a Christian nation would just automatically start doing that? To him, I said, because we're human.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And once power, I mean, was it power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely? Yeah. And, and to me, I think even for Christians, it's like, yes, is, is that fully across the board going to happen? No, I wouldn't say so, but I still think that, you know, you, you have, I mean, look in the Bible, we talk about um, Samuel's, Sons, they were taking bribes and were doing like those were supposed to be men of God. Like Samuel put his sons in charge to kind of pretty much take over for him once he was gonna be done, and they started not living like Samuel. They started taking bribes, and then of course the elders came and said, "Hey, look, we want a king now because we, of course, there there's more to it than just that." But I'm saying Christians don't necessarily are gonna stick to being godly people when power comes along we've seen it before with christians yeah where it's not maybe they're not lost from it but they for a time they go through the valley and they're just sitting in there wallowing in their sin because they can't get back out and i don't mean that's a possibility if you were just to give complete reign of our nation over to christianity
0: well Again, I want to go back to the historical example we have in the United States of the, the, probably the closest to Christian nationalism that there has been, which is the, the grandfathering in of members of churches—like, you had to be a member of a church in order to hold public office. Right. And many places allowed grandfathering in people have heard that term, that means because, you know, someone in my family was a member of this church, then I am able to become a member of this church even though I've not shown any, uh, I've not followed in believer's baptism, I have not been baptized in this church as an infant for some churches, or I'm not a member of this church, I'm not in good standing, but technically I am a member of this church because my grandfather was, right? And they allowed that, Sometimes for a price, sometimes just out of generosity because they wanted to have a Christian lineage going forth with these families. So grandfather was a member, dad technically was a member, grandson was technically a member, even if they never attended the church. So with all that, you can look at the effects of what happened to the churches before the Revolution, pre, uh, pre-Revolution pre America, you had a lot of churches that were straying away from the gospel, you had a lot of churches that were not teaching sound theology, and you had a lot of these people who were holding office that they were only able to get it because they were fake members of a church, and then you had the Great Awakening come through and... George Whitfield and people—Jonathan uh, Edwards were able to dispel with a lot of that um, teaching and a lot of that ideal idea. So after that happened, they moved from, okay, you have to be a member of a church to hold office, post-revolutionary war, post all this. Okay, now we're not going to do the member of a church— they were also looking at when they wrote—when the Founding Fathers wrote the Constitution and they were talking about the separation of church and state, they were not saying that you can't have ten com- the Ten Commandments in a courthouse. They were looking at the religiosity of Britain and saying, okay, in Britain—yeah, in, I guess it would be called Britain, England, whatever you want to say. I don't know. I don't care about the royal family. Um, England. Sure. <laughs> in England, the the king— or the queen, are the representatives and the, uh, the religious head of the Church of England, right? So with that, you have a ruler who is also the head of the religion on earth. So now you have a pope and a king in one. Uh, that religiosity, as also the Anglican Church being the the official church of England forced a lot of people into we're going to worship the leader because the leader is not only the king, an unelected official who is <coughs> holding the power of the land, but they are also God's representative for our nation on earth. So now we have to follow them because. They're the person of God. They're, the, they're God's leader that God has appointed on, on earth. The, the colonies and the founding fathers wanted to avoid that possibility, so they said, we will not institute a church. However, you can still hold office and be a Christian. You can still hold office and espouse your beliefs. You go back to right after the Revolutionary War, the first person who, the first lobbyist, the first recorded lobbyist to Congress was a man named Manasseh Cutler. He was a, I read a a whole book about him and his children and the people that did what I'm about to say, but he was the first lobbyist in American history. He was a Puritan preacher. He had a doctorate in divinity, a doctorate in biology, a doctorate in botany, a doctorate in medicine, and a doctorate in something else, maybe literature? So five doctorates, and he, as a Puritan, was radically opposed to slavery. So he went to Washington, to the to Congress when they had just bought the Northwest Territory, the Ohio Purchase, um, and they and he lobbied Congress to say, "Hey, you just bought this. I will go, and I will have all these people go and settle it. We'll do it." let's you know i got the people we're we're funded let's go we're going to go settle this territory however we're only going to do it if you write that the northwest territory will never contain slaves and that they will always be free states and he was able to lobby congress into making that section of the country a immediately and in perpetuity free state those states that were then established right so you have religious people as a history espousing their religious beliefs you any any abolitionist from back in the william wilberforce in england was a christian religious man who because of his because of his christian views was able to ban slavery throughout the british empire then that transfers over to the us with Puritans lobbying against slavery, Christians lobbying against slavery, the abolitionist movement in the U.S., the Underground Railroad. All that stuff was brought about from Christian men and women standing in the government and opposed to the government in some cases. So, long story short, the effects of Christians in a nation is, I would say always a good thing. If you have solid Christians who are pursuing righteousness in a nation, that is good. But that's the problem though. Not the
1: not the solid Christians. But everyone would point to the politicians that we named at the beginning. They point to them and go, well see, that's what Christians are and that's what they believe and that's what mm-hmm. they do. And that's and you know and, and the the actions they do well, look at that Christian they did that, and it's then it leaves people like us sitting here going that's has not that none of us i mean not none of us are like that, no we all sin mm-hmm. for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God romans three twenty three you're welcome, I anyway, but they look at those people that are like propping themselves up as like you know I'm Christian I'm Christian, I'm Christian, and then they go do things like. Lauren whatever her freaking name is dude I cannot say Bo Burt. it Bovert it's Bovert I want to say Brobert two syllables Okay Bo Bert did there you, go. you have the things like what John McCain did like with all of his like the 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 ongoing wars forever and ever and ever and you can go and you can find all the evil these people do and it's like their hearts are not giving forth fruit that is what a christian should be giving forth but the world looks at them and says, these people are our examples of Christianity, and I don't like it.
0: And that's, that's why I brought up the pre-colonial government positions that you had to be a member of a church to, to hold. Because with that, you have to understand that that, as a history lesson, is important to know. The, just because someone is a member of a church doesn't mean that they're a moral person doesn't mean that they are even a Christian because they are a member of a church. And using Christian nationalism and saying, yeah, it would be great if all of our politicians were Christian, if all of them just were members of churches and they were all getting the word every single Sunday. Yeah, that in theory is a good idea, but in practice all that does is opening up the grandfathering into churches again and allowing people to fake Christianity for political gain.
1: Now, you have some Christian nationalists, which would be like, pretty much, Doug Wilson. Sorry, my mechanic just texted me. He listens to the show, by the way. He thanks us all the time for it. You're welcome.
0: Anyway, so... (laughs) Thank you, mechanic.
1: There's a, like, with Doug Wilson and, I guess, the people around him, they don't want a state church, right? That's a Mm -hmm. big thing also about Christian nationalism, is that they're like, I don't want a state church. Or people are like, well, they're going to form this state church and it's going to rule over all of us in, I suppose, sort of a Catholic-y way. Um, Yeah,
0: I mean, you think that how many—there's many countries where Catholicism is the the established religion. Right. And the Anglican Church, I already brought that up. Um, Islam, how how many caliphates are there? How many uh, different—well, I shouldn't have said that way— how how many different muslim states are there I should say it that way because caliphate has a different meaning and I don't want to be misinterpreted. But how many different muslim countries are there where this is a muslim country if you want to do practice any other religion too bad so sad muslim only exclusive. And you know th- there's many other religions that do that and again like I said last week I'm not a, I don't really care about religious freedom. It's the religious freedom aspect affects me in as much as it, it it would affect... I don't know. I can't think of an example. But the religious freedom part of things doesn't affect me. I, I don't care if the United States tomorrow came out and say, hey, uh, Buddhism is the national religion and anyone who is caught practicing otherwise... Uh, will be thrown in prison, and the bottoms of their feet will be whipped. I don't know. Um, Interesting. It would be painful. Yeah, torture. Admit, it, it would be painful. Uh, I'm not saying it wouldn't be. I just
1: wouldn't have thought of that as the first form of torture, torture that the Buddhists would but, do to
0: us. I don't know. Yeah, the, the, I don't. I don't know. I just picked a random. Religion out of a hat. If Buddhism is the national religion of the U.S. and you'll be locked in prison for practicing otherwise, I'll be practicing. It, it, otherwise, it wouldn't
1: matter to us. It wouldn't because it, because the, we would just continue the government to has no
0: right to tell me what to practice religiously. No man has any right. So, I so will follow would follow God. So,
1: so Christian nationalism would be let's let's go to what people would say that it would be. You must be a Christian. So is that a pro or is that a con? Or Christianity is the religion. I would, I, this is again. This is the idea of what the of what they are saying, right? Mm-hmm. So this would be like the radicals on this the nice false dichotomy of you're a Christian nationalist or you're not. So the ones that are not, they're like Christian nationalism is going to kill us all. Those people I have seen would say that. Um, you know we would make Christianity the sole religion of let's just go with America because that's where we are mm-hmm. and if you don't um, if you don't practice Christianity then you'll be persecuted for it yeah or you'll be imprisoned, which is persecution I know but it was you'll be in prison, you'll be tortured, you'll be put to death you'll be in prison forever whatever
0: there's so let me let me ask you this question ask me away so Wait about in. ask it away about it's a little ways from here. There is a popular place with James Spann, our local brother. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> That's all you had to say. Content warning. Uh, the place is... Gentleman's oh, Club. It's a gentleman's club. But no anti- gentleman will go no there, No gentleman it will is, be in but it there, but it is then. a gentleman's club. If you and I took a ride down there right now and had our microphones and asked the clientele, hey, you Christian, what would they say? Yes. Okay, we go to Hooter's. What are, and we ask the waitresses and we ask the clientele. Hey, are you a Christian? Yes. How how many do you think would say they I'd, were?
1: I'd say over ninety percent.
0: Over ninety percent. Over ninety percent. Over ninety percent. Mm-hmm. Okay, we go to downtown Birmingham and we find a guy shooting heroin. We ask him, "Hey, are you a Christian?" He would say yes. More than more than likely. More than likely would say yes. Okay.
1: And I'd also get like a rant that probably going for like forty five minutes of incoherentness, but. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably at some point figure out that he believed he was a Christian, yes.
0: And that is, a, a, I mean, just that thought experiment of in the South, we're talking. We're, we're you go Northeast, this is
1: completely different, yeah.
0: We have the problem of cultural Christianity, where I have talked to people where they're talking about how they're serving on the staff of a church while living with a girlfriend after having multiple divorces and children out of wedlock, and they're serving in a major uh, major aspect in their church. That is cultural Christianity, which is more of a threat to me than Christian nationalism. When people are just, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian because... You know, I go to church on Sundays, and everyone around me goes to church. And
1: it usually goes with that, or oh yeah, I, was, I used to I go all the time. I, yeah. I, when I was a kid, I went all the time.
0: What was it? I, I'm a CEO, Christmas, Christmas and Easter. Christmas only. and Easter. Only. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a Catholic friend told God me to that, and that. That. I can never, I will never forget that. That was the funniest. Well, you know, and the funny thing is, everyone but,
1: says that. Well, they always put that for Catholics, but it goes for so many others. It goes well, for no, everyone else.
0: I, I mean, I, I mean, my family's all from New York, upstate New York. Yeah. You know how many? You know how many Catholics are up there? Lots. Yo, yeah, everyone's Everyone. Catholic. Everyone's yeah. Catholic. You go to Boston; everyone's Catholic. They just go when they need to do confession. Every but once again, it's the own. cultural part of yeah. it. Like that's that's the big problem: is cultural Christianity dis- uproots and destroys Christianity because it gives people this false sense of security that I prayed a prayer when I was nine, I got my fire insurance, I'm going to go down to Wesley's booby trap and have a great time.
1: Oh, I was thinking of the other one.
0: Oh, does he do multiple? I thought it was the. I don't want to say it. It's so much. <laughs> it's so much worse than that. But the it's our, our, the, if you're not from uh, Middle Alabama, Middle Alabama, it's right. You know the, James the local Span. weatherman James Spann, uses the most random location places when a tornado comes to town. Yeah,
1: everyone knows this is about two miles away from Wesley.
0: Yeah, he'll <laughs> like. I knew I got to hunker down if it gets close to X, Y, or Z. And so, yeah, it's but. True, though. Anyway, so it,
1: so with that with that thought process you're going with the 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 idea of them saying, well, the entire country would have to be Christian and we persecute it would be that you could never really you would just you would never really know who's Christian or that it's just what would what would be your argument with that then
0: you, it would have to be, it would be so much more difficult if, I mean it is so much more difficult right now, yeah I'll go and every you know I'm not extraordinarily faithful with it, but I will go occasionally to a college campus, to UAB, and I'll walk around and ask people, you know, just witness to them, and there have been multiple times where I'm having to convince someone that they're not a Christian, and that sounds terrible, but it it's what you have to do nowadays with a lot of witnessing, because so many people are just absolutely radically deceived about what Christianity is and what they have to do. They think, yeah, uh, you know, I'll be fine. I, You know, I, I'm genuine, I'm generally a good person. You know, I, I think, you know, at the end of my life, God's going to weigh the scales and whichever one comes out, you know, and if my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, then that'll be good. That was, I, you know, I hear that from people who grew up that in I hear that all the time, yeah. And it's not, it, it, it's so, and but you ask them, are you a Christian? They say yes, immediately. It's not even a thought for them. So you're having to just initiate the conversation by saying, you are not a Christian, without saying it like that, because then they would just tune you out. But you have to tell them, you have to convince them that they're not a Christian before you can actually give them the gospel. Because if you give them the gospel, then they're going to say, yeah, I believe that. But you have to go in and do the um, the living waters, Ray Comfort thing, where you just ask them, you know, are you a good person? Yeah, yeah, I'm a good person. Okay, have you ever lied? Okay, well, what does that make you? A liar. Okay, have you ever stolen a nickel out of your grandma's purse? Yeah, what does that make you? A thief. Okay, have you ever hated anyone? Jesus said that makes you a murderer. You have to do that because they don't. People don't understand that just because they grew up in church and prayed a prayer once that they're not Christians. But once saved, always saved. Come on, don't, <laughs> dude. This I'm
1: telling you, like that phrase. Based on like the, what you just said, like that is the, it grinds my gears to the point where like my brain just shuts down.
0: Well, and that's that you know, and you got to be careful too because. Some people will get certain aspects of sound doctrine like once saved always saved and just twist it to mean whatever they want to make it mean like right. I I prayed a prayer once and now I'm saved or better yet my kids prayed the prayer
1: and therefore I know that they've completely left the faith they sit there they blaspheme God they hate God even though he doesn't exist in their worlds which is even more asinine and more confusing but yet they're still saved and they're going to be in heaven with me sir they're not
0: have Go repent have and have, have your. It, ha,
1: it is very. It's actually very, very close to me. Like it's it's extremely close. And the people, some of them, I think some of them actually listen to this. And um, and, and that's why it frustrates me with this man that he would think this. And um, again, I'm sorry. This is way off topic. But I'm sorry, you got me on a tangent with that. Okay, so, so Christianity can't be can't be mandated i don't that i don't, is that, think, is that the I don't point? think the
0: mandate of a mandate of christianity would be beneficial for christianity but you think it couldn't happen i think it could happen
1: like I, but that's the christian nation they say that if we do christian nationalism that was what would happen so is it a possibility no, i think because I the think, problem is like you said cultural christianity would say well i mean the south then everyone's okay well, let <laughs> they're me, not
0: gonna have to be worried about this. let me let me clarify okay if tomorrow we wake up and Senator Mike Johnson or Speaker of the House Mike Johnson. Yeah, but he's not a senator. Yeah, uh, idiot. I'm sorry. I, I literally I <laughs> that's for not, John Quincy Adams. I do not watch the news. I don't have the ability I don't to watch, I watch the TikTok. News. All right. Yes, TikTok, our chief source of Chinese <laughs> the bastion of truth. Um, but <laughs> the so he he comes out tomorrow and him and Biden have recent agreements where Christianity is the national religion of the United States and everyone is now. Christian because they're uh, U.S. citizens. Okay, that is what I'm saying would be wrong. And it's incentivizing uh, you know, oh well if you want to get promoted at work you better be a Christian. If you don't want if to you, die tomorrow yeah, go to
1: prison you better be a Christian. Yeah,
0: that is what I'm saying would be wrong. However, do I pray for national repentance? Do I pray that God gives the United States no choice but to turn to Him in repentance? Absolutely. Also, going with
1: your your line of thought here, um, with saying that the nation is Christian, I I know there's a little bit of difference, and by a little bit there's a lot of difference, because Christianity has God, Christ, Holy Spirit, that are all working within Christians to strengthen us, to abide in us, to make it where we can stand tests and trials. But look at when Rome, right, when they persecuted Christians, what happened? Mm-hmm. The Christians continued to Christian. Now, some fell off, right? You know, I've read all the books and stuff now, and by that I mean one book, and I know things. Anyway, so, <laughs> so but Christians fell off, um, but other Christians that were true in nature of being an actual Christian, they stood firm, they were persecuted, they were killed, they were imprisoned, but the movement continued. Mm-hmm. Like, Christ's work did not stop. Because of persecution, or because of because of of Rome saying whatever. Now, my question with, or my thing with that is, I think that if you were to go and say, and Biden and Johnson get up there tomorrow and say we're a Christian nation, if you're not Christian, you're going to be persecuted and you're going to be put in jail, and you know whatever else, I think it it actually strengthens the resolve of the other side. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I'm I'm turning them into martyrs. Now, now the power of Satan is quite powerful. I'm not saying it's more powerful than God, but Satan can harden a heart. Satan can do many things in 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 your life and and absolutely just make everything great apparently, quote unquote, great for worldly standards. Um or he can make your life absolutely horrible. And but he has control over you. He has lots of control. And so I think that that would actually it would almost help Satan or it would help Satan because it would help him be able to strengthen the resolve of those who are agnostic, those who are atheists, those who are uh, Hindu, Buddhist, uh, Muslim, any of those where they're like, no, no, look, they're trying to persecute us. We need to all ba- like, stand together and we can fight back or we can. Now you have even more of a divide as opposed to a nation in which we're quote unquote not really religious. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to have a religion and we don't, we have it already where we, where we fight and, you know, you know, little bits in there. but We're not having, like—we're not meeting up with the Muslims down in, in downtown Birmingham in the streets to fight over our differences. Like, we're not doing that at this point. I mean, is that going to happen in the future? Who knows? But that's not happening now. I think that with a Christian nation, them coming out and saying it, hey, that's what we are now. Yeah. I think that that—we're not just saying it, but then saying, and if you're not, that's a problem. I think that builds resolve and helps Satan's side more than it helps— Christianity in general. And,
0: yeah, I, I there's, there's so many possible issues that it could open up with making America Christian. Just, boom, overnight, everyone in America now has to identify as Christian or else. That is not worth even having conversations about doing that. But like I said... We should all pray for a national repentance. We should all point out the error of the, the, the way of our nation. Because there's a lot and a lot and a lot of bad stuff that's happening. And a lot of it is stuff that making us identify as Christian overnight is not going to fix. Most of it is stuff that needs god, godly men and women to interfere. Godly men and women to... Again, point to Caesar and say, you are doing wrong. You are doing wrong. You need to fix this. God will judge you. And again, I said it last week, if God does not punish the United States, it he owes an apology to Sodom and Gomorrah. He owes an apology to Rome. for For what we have done, it is ridiculous that we have been able to get away with what we've gotten away with and you 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 can't you can't think that because oh you know we've had you know we've had such a major impact on the world that we're we're immune to any possible downturns when we're going to be around forever i i i would not be surprised if the united states falls tomorrow i would not be surprised in the slightest because we have gone For the last hundred years, just promulgating terror and promulgating immorality to the world. Think of every, think of the like the the winning the the movies that have won Oscars since the Oscars have been around. How many of them have been feel-good Tom Hanks movies about you know? uh, I don't know. I was I'm an immigrant who got lost in an airport. That's the only Tom Hanks movie I can think of right now. I don't even. Terminal. F- terminal. Forrest Gump is. Forrest. It? Uh, Forrest Gump. I've I've never actually seen. Gump. I've never Gump. seen it either. We <laughs> probably, probably shouldn't plug a movie we haven't
1: seen. Yeah, I know, but I don't. you know, like they're, well, that's they're like not. A box they're not of chocolate. Yeah. You never know what you're gonna get. on <laughs> And the shrimp guy. It's
0: not. It's not feel good stuff. I mean, you think about one of them that won. It's a filled few years with sex. Ago, it's filled with violence. It's a woman who fell in love with a sea monster and they had sex. Wait. That's oh, the is Guillermo that Del Toro one? Yeah. Wait, mermaid? No, it's not It's shape of water. Shape of water. Uh, I remember because Ben Shapiro talked about it like daily on his podcast. For okay, a while.
1: I, I was like, I haven't even seen this. But I know what you're saying. It's
0: debauchery, it's sin, and we need to be we it, we need to be telling people what they're doing is wrong and we need to be chastised for our sin. But at the end of the day, I think that if if we want to cause the most positive change for the United States, it's not policy. It's not government. It's calling those in power and calling our peers to repentance and confronting them with the truth of the gospel. Because that that's not... You can look at the, the history of the church and you see the New Testament church being thrown to lions. You see all the persecution that they were that they received i i don't i you know i i would be surprised you can't look at the the history of the church and everything that has happened over the years the persecution that the church has endured and say man if only they were if only they were members of the government and if only they were able to to stop that persecution you know that That's not what they were focused on. They weren't focused on gaining political power. When Stephen was being stoned, I I don't think he was thinking, man, if only I was a, a mayor, I would have been able to stop this. If only we had some people in Congress that could have put an end to these Jews throwing stones at me. He was preaching the gospel. And then all the people that witnessed the stoning of Stephen continued to preach the gospel. First and
1: foremost, it's, it's spreading the gospel to all the nations, right? Yes, okay. yes. That's first and foremost, and it's, yes, we're to glorify God in everything we do. So if I'm going to become a politician or I want to be a mayor, I want to be a governor, I will never be those things. I will never be elected to those things. But if I did, that was my aspiration. I should bring along with me the tenets of Christianity. I should bring along, I should be act as a Christian in that office. I should glorify God daily in that office. Again, am I going to do everything right? No. I'm a, I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. That's what we all are. So again, this thing also where you have the other side that puts so much emphasis on Christians having to be perfect. Like Christianity is all about perfection, even though we literally have a verse that says, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, so I, I, I've never understood that ridiculous narrative or thought process with other people. But if we go into an office... Of governorship or mayorship or being a president or whatever, it should be that we need to bring about actions that would glorify God. That is what needs to happen. This thing in which we have to have a nation in which uh, the the religion is Christian, or or we, we you know. It, is, we're not going to persecute those that are... Because, again, I, I think that the real Christian nationalists are not going to sit here and persecute other religions. Um, but, again, at some point, you know, that might be at the beginning, you're okay with that, but your son and your son's son and your son's son's son, is are they going to really remember the, the lessons of the beginning? No, mm-hmm. of course not. I mean, look how our nation goes. I mean, we, we moved from a, from a tyrannical government in England... And look at us now. We're a tyrannical government in our own freaking country. We're a tyrannical government across the entire world. I mean, we go into everywhere and and do whatever we want. We ruin governments. We do all kinds of ridiculous things. And and we do worse than what England was doing to us. So we've completely forgotten those lessons from 200 and whatever years ago. That's just how it is. And so sitting here and being like, well, if if we bring in, you know, um, Christian values and, and and we become a Christian nation like this, will it will it will be so good and whatever. I agree with you. I would love to have that. But it's an ideal and it's a fantasy because it's never going to stand the test of time because we're humans. Mm-hmm. If Christ is the one that's in charge, you're right, it would remain like that. It would be perfectly fine to have a Christian nation because you have a perfect, absolute leader that is in charge of it, that in all ways is righteous and good. But when you start putting us up there, we are all like filthy rags. That's what we are. And we're going to continue to have that same nature and continue to do the the terrible things that come along with it. And so after a period of time, you might have some good times with it, but you're going to have those issues where you're going to have a leader come in, like Samuel's sons, like mm-hmm. Eli's sons.
0: Like Saul. Like Saul. Saul, like, Saul yeah. was the leader of a theocracy. Yeah. Or,
1: or well, yeah. I mean, kind of. Essentially, essentially, he, yeah.
0: He he was. I shouldn't say theocracy. Yeah, yeah. that has such a. That's more specific. God, but he had Saul, a direct. He had a direct line to God. Yeah, Saul. Saul, and he was, was to
1: actually follow that. Saul
0: was like, by all accounts, a, a the perfect specimen, right? Physically, he was head and shoulders above the rest. He was right. handsome, beautiful, beautiful man beautiful beautiful boy and then beyond that he had all the knowledge of Judaism and of the of the law that you could have as a Jew he was he was perfectly instructed in all those ways he knew what had to be done but he still refused he still did the opposite so i that i just i don't see the benefit of mandating Christianity outweighing the potential cost of deceiving people into thinking they're Christian. They're Christian now. If you had R.C. Sproul as president, then, or uh, I don't know, James White as president, any of those solid Christian men who was able to, you know, rightly dis- discern the word of God from the White House. I couldn't remember the name of the place where the, the president... The Blue House? The Blue House. That place up the in... The Big uh, Blue House. Up in Washington State. Uh, but...
1: 1600 West Virginia Avenue. <sighs> Everyone knows it.
0: Close. <laughs> I think you're close. <laughs> you're definitely... You're in, in the, the ballpark, You're the ballpark, man. baby. <laughs> Dude, you're close. But, you know, he, could, could they do good? Absolutely. I think a, a Christian president would do a tremendous good. I think... A an actual government. Christian president yeah. but a cultural Christianity under the guise of Christian nationalism would be wrong and I, I don't think it would do any good I think it would do more harm and again I don't want to misrepresent the people who are genuine in their beliefs on Christian nationalism that they think oh yeah we do need revival and then after the revival we would have a Christian nation that's that's one thing they're, they're being honest they're saying you need to have repentance and faith before the the virtue and the morality comes to a Christian nation. I don't want to misrepresent them. They are a whole different category of people that I think most Christians would fall into saying that we need to petition the entire nation. We need to tell them, you're wrong. You're in sin. Repent. Believe the gospel. But the people who say, just make America Christian and we'll figure it out. And that's where you lose me.
1: So with a lot of the stuff that comes with—I'm um, just going to go with Doug Wilson again, because that's just who it is. Um, Doug Wilson, Stephen Wolf, all that stuff. They, they talk about that it wouldn't necessarily be a Christian or state church. They, were, they, they just want Christian Christian traditions and Christian um, people in our government running everything. Is, is that so bad? Is that bad? Just having okay, it's such a it's such a. I mean, I know because the answer would normally be no. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's like again, there's so many kind of again. It goes down to Vodi Bakum's thing. Who's asking me this question? Yeah,
0: what are their intentions and what is the definitions that they're coming up with with the words that they're asking me about? If you want to say, is it is it wrong for Christians to hold government office? Absolutely not. It's it's totally fine for a Christian to hold public office and to be. Remember, and we want more of them doing it. Yes, that. and we want more of them doing it, and we want be, people to to understand that that's not a bad thing to hold public office. But is it going to fix the world and make everything bright and shiny, sunshine, rainbows, and everyone's going to be singing Jesus Loves Me in Capitol Hill? No. No, it's not. that's not the fix. The fix is Jesus. The fix is not... Christians in politics. Mm-hmm. the fix is Jesus, the fix is Christ. the fix is America's only hope being Christ. that and I, I I say that word carefully and I say that word precisely and I pray I pray the same thing about Israel. I pray the same thing about the nations of the world that God has his way with them to make it so that their only hope is Christ. Their their only hope in in life, in death, has to be Christ. They need to be given no other option. And I pray that about individuals, I pray that about America. I pray that about Israel. I pray that about any any country you name it. The world needs to be put in a place where our only hope is Christ. And that is where true quote unquote Christian nationalism can come from is Christ is the only hope. We have we have no way of getting out of the situation, Lord. I'm calling out to you. I've heard you calling me. I have no idea what we're supposed to do. Save me. Yeah,
1: I agree. I think that a lot, especially when you talked about the the cultural Christianity and like the mandating of Christian stuff. You you we interact with people that are not Christian all the time, and I would rather them continue to be. I'm an atheist, I'm agnostic, I'm this, I'm that, um, so that I can identify you. Mm -hmm. And identify you in a way where I, as a Christian, can say, okay, I'm going to be used as a vessel to try to get through to this person and pray that God softens their heart to be able to listen to what God is going to have me say to them. And I think that maybe with the whole mandating religion, again, I don't think that... The majority of people that claim to be Christian nationalists are saying that that's what they'd want, but I think some of them are. I think that mm-hmm. actually it comes as a very, a very sought after thing: is that our Christian, our country would be Christian, so therefore our religion would be Christian. And we all know what happens with men when we mandate stuff like that. And you'd say, well, we're not going to persecute those that aren't Christian, mm-hmm. but I mean, we are. We are. We are humans we we'll look at every time that humans are supposed something supposed to be communism is supposed to be good how many millions have died due to communism which was looked at as such a great thing something that would bring about fairness and happiness to the people no matter what we do as humans we can take something that can be so good and make it so evil so sitting here and saying okay but it, but this time it's christianity I I just, I know the argument would be, well, you know, w- w- Christians, like, we haven't, w- we've been the ones persecuted. We're not the ones persecuting everyone else. But again, it's not that for everyone that's not a Christian has fallen, has sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So to me, there is no there's no way of doing this without there being some sort of unfairness, of persecution of others, of people taking it too far, of people doing the wrong thing and the unchristlike thing. So I don't, I would never agree that we should make our nation's religion Christianity. I think that the way that we have it now, where it is, there's nothing. Put forth that is our religion is the better way to do things. And again, going back to the beginning of this point, it allows me to be able to target the people that I need to target as a Christian to try to win them to Christ, to be used as a vessel to bring them to Christ. It helps me, it helps all of us as people that are professing Christians to bring others to Christ. And the other way would just make it where everyone becomes that cultural christian and and there is no fruit anywhere and i think that that would be worse in god's eyes than us having a nation us having a nation that's a christian nation where our religion is christian and everyone's now a cultural christian just so they don't get persecuted and then and also it strengthens the resolve of those that are under the power of satan as opposed to a nation like we have now where we don't have a religion set Yes, as Christians, we we are persecuted, and not as nearly in ways that everyone else around the world is. But we are still persecuted here just for having the opinion, or not the opinion, but the belief in Christ. We're still persecuted here for it. And but because but even through that, we're still able to spread the gospel. We're still able to live. We're still able to work. We're still able to hold office. We're still able to do all these things. So I still think that it is a very, very good thing that we are in the position we're in in a country in which we're allowed to spread the gospel, we're allowed to be Christian, but there's no actual set religion as being Christian.
0: Let's get into Luke's list.
1: (laughs) It's always so quiet on the recordings, and I need to figure out how to make it louder. I could not
0: hear it at all. Oh, really? No. Okay. I'm sure that there's a volume button somewhere
1: all right we're gonna go time.com yes Time magazine times new Roman just time just time all right so uh these are the three threats Christian nationalism posed to the United States just wanted to guess. Ooh, can
0: I, can I guess I'm gonna guess the three that I'm uh I'm gonna guess the three and you have to tell me if I how many out of three I get okay I can try
1: because these are like longer things so i'd have to like read them out
0: so i'm gonna i'll say it and then we'll read through the list and we'll we'll check in after i'm done so um religious liberty being like done away with that's gonna be one of them they're gonna say uh oh what's an i'm trying to think of like the three main arguments i know it's gonna be something to do with religious liberty It's going to have something to do with uh, separation of church and state, and then they're going to say something about, I'm going to go out on a limb on this one, Christians uh, covering up sexual assault.
1: Okay, I don't think any of those are. Really? Really? (laughs) So, number one, strict moral, hold on, let's make sure I got this right. Oh, hold on. i got to go next to the real list here. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, maybe you're right. I don't know. We're going to go through the list. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Because I didn't know. I was like, this is... Okay, you are... You're wrong. On all three? You're all wrong on all three. Wow. Okay, so the first one is Christian nationalism is anti-democratic. So Christian nationalism is about power, power in the right hands to ensure the U.S. fulfills its covenant with God. However, democracy demands we share power. This places Christian nationalism at odds with democracy.
0: I don't understand their... Understand, understand their point.
1: Number one, we are not a de- we are not a democracy. We are a representative republic. And two, I was actually America. in Washington D.C. in 2017 during Donald Trump's election, going through the streets with my buddy. He had a camera and he was doing a bunch of documenting or whatever. And we were going through all the women's marches that were screaming like, "This is what democracy looks like." And as we did, I just turned around to his camera and said, "Well, this actually isn't a democracy. This is a representative republic." But that's okay. And it was one of the greatest moments of my life where I was like, I remembered something from civics that nice. we don't do civics anymore, I don't think. So, what does know. it matter? But yeah, we're not a democracy. We are what I just said. We're a republic, a representative republic. So, uh, that's really stupid. But also, what covenant yeah. with God? Yeah. <laughs> that's like the, that's actually what stood out with me. So. That's what
0: stood out to me too is I don't, I, I'm not aware of, um, unless they're talking about Mormons and Joseph Smith. I think, um, I think
1: time knows something more than we do, dude.
0: Yeah. Did they get a new revelation? That's this, <laughs> It's not supposed to happen anymore.
1: Let's see. Uh, ignoring the results of fair and free elections to fulfill their interpretations of God's commands. So this is more of like a dispensationalist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, next Christian nationalism perpetuates racism.
0: Oh, I was so close.
1: I don't know why you didn't say racism. I don't know why I, like, why I didn't say racism. Various recent books demonstrate how white Christianity in the U.S. was a key part of the creation and preservation of racial hierarchies. White Christian nationalism served as the ideological mortar that allowed for the walls of racial division and inequality to be built brick by brick. Today, it perpetuates
0: these systems. Well, I've read that so well. You did. You did go, do a good job on reading. Please don't don't do that to me. It's a 5th grade level, I'd say. At least 6th. Uh-huh. We'll push it into a 6th. Okay. For your honors, honors fifth? I will <laughs> say so I mentioned it last week about the Stephen Wolf tweet and I was able to dig up the initial tweet on that. Okay. And I might I might post it, but that's the painting. He wow, that was hardcore. <laughs> That's the painting I was talking about. Oh, yeah, I know that And then his, his tweet was, White evangelicals are the lone bulwark against moral insanity in America. That was that was the guy who wrote the case for Christian nationalism. Is it outright racist? No. Because as a all he's doing... All- as a,
1: as a, my father would tell me that I'm white. But as a non-white uh, man, born in America, in the USA... I'd say that's not
0: racist. But what it is is it's it's inflammatory. It's divisionally for no inflammatory. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'll give it's you that needlessly one. inflammatory.
1: But I don't agree with what you said last week where you're like, I don't care what he says then. Because I think that people say things all the time and they really miss. And by missing I mean it causes a lot of grief. But they miss, but that doesn't mean that everything they say from here on out is going to be bad. It's yeah. like it's, it's like we should just completely throw it out. Cuz in that case, I mean, like we were talking about earlier, like I don't agree with everything Macarthur says. Now, of course, he didn't say anything inflammatory that would be like dividing our country and stuff. Oh, well, actually, I guess it it could. It depends on who you are. But it maybe
0: maybe you just really don't like Fresca.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but that's what i was saying. Like, it doesn't mean I would throw everything out that he no, says. No, and what, what, and, what, and what Stephen my- Wolf is not some sort of like. Dude, I'm looking to as like my leader, like a Steve. Like oh, I've looked to Steve Anderson, like I said last week. Sorry, Mr. Lawson, about that whole thing. Doctor, anyway, doctor, no, doctor La- Mr. <laughs> doctor Lawson, Pastor. Uh, master, Pastor, Pastor, um, But again, I like don't look to Stephen Wolfe as a shining light where I'm no, like following and, his thing. But I'm my, not going to say that everything he says
0: is like. My point with that was. Yes, I got a little bit emotional about it because I know it makes you so I upset. knew you
1: did not mean that but as like that,
0: but it, you know, okay, yeah. it it means what? what is he, what was the point of that, of saying that? Because he knew what he was saying. And it makes he you knew. question more of what he's saying. Like, and if, you know, he is, I, if he is the face of the Christian nationalist debate, mm-hmm, yeah. which he was for a long time and still kind of is, kind of is a big yes. face of it. Why are you why are you putting that out there other than just to be inflammatory and to own the libs, right? That that's what that tweet seemed like, is he just wanted to make people upset and say, Well, I'm just looking at demographic I breakdown. guess
1: Asian evangelicals aren't allowed in your world, Mr. Wolf.
0: Yeah, and that's that's all he was doing was trying to stay relevant and to, you know, be you know crazy. He's trying to be edgy, get edgy, some get know.
1: some um Traction for him, so you, you you look and you and you and you comment and you do your thing. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, and I know you don't engagement. I know, but you know what? It really rubbed me the wrong way, and I just wanted to rebuke you live.
0: I'm going to throw the Pepsi <laughs> bottle at you. <laughs> okay, next. I'm still mad that I didn't get a single one of those right. It well, here's the last one. Christian nationalism approves
1: of political violence. Comfort with violence is a natural. Wow. Okay. Comfort with violence is a natural byproduct of Christian nationalism's obsession with power. At times, the only way to get people to do what they should, as God commanded, is to use or threat is the use or threat of force. And this goes on with the January 6th thing. I'm sorry, but I I I don't Well, I don't I, I get why the media propagates it, but a person with a brain, I don't understand why would think that. January sixth is the perfect example of Christian nationalism. I think again, if you look at the false dichotomy that's made, which is like either you're a Christian nationalist or you're not. Um, and by Christian nationalist, I mean the most radical, wild out there person. Yeah, I could see them going to the to the Capitol and doing what happened on January sixth. Sure, um, I won't share any more thoughts past that. But anyway, just, but, but I'm but I'm saying that. There's people in the middle that like what we're talking about that want a form, I guess, of Christian nationalism. Like we're not—I wouldn't say that you and I would just be like we don't want anything that they talk about or offer. There's things that we would want to see in our government, but we're not the ones going up there and you know going through Nancy Pelosi's office and wearing a Viking suit, taking. It calling would be kind of
0: cool to have one of those podiums. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; it would be cool to have a podium. I'm not gonna go steal one. But it would be cool to get one if someone could get me in contact with the podium guy. Um, I'm just going to say, yes, there are people, again, who misconstrue the Bible and who take things and run with them without proper knowledge. And that's a warning that we have against Christian nationalism is we want people to be solid Christians and solid believers in Christ over political, their political gain or political power or whatever they do. But I just kind of want to close with this thought. Romans 13, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities, resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Yes, that's a great verse. (laughs) (laughs) But... For for people who think violent revolution is the means to promulgate the gospel and to get people to believe in Christ, no. Romans Romans thirteen one and 2. Paul. If only the founders of America had followed that.
1: Oh, well. That's a conversation anyway, for a different time. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. First off, you're wrong about Christian nationalism, part two. The pros and cons list that never occurred. <laughs> just mostly us talking about it so that's always nice you know we
0: talked a lot about the cons i feel like i maybe think it was just mo- it was
1: mostly cons but i then again I, I we're talking about a lot of stuff that has a lot of cons in it i mean yeah. the, the good is there and i think a lot of people can see the good but you know no one wants to talk about like the fact that we're still humans just because we're christian doesn't make us perfect yeah and and we're acting like oh well i'd rather have christians in charge well what kind of christians because There's like again a real Christian or like a cultural Christian. Because if we put a bunch of people from the south and go, Well, they're Christians, let's put them up in the government, you think we're really going to get any
0: kind of good coming out of that? Why, I'm why, sorry, why, why do you surmise an hour episode in two sentences? I know like that you've done that multiple times, yeah. Well, you know, people are just going to start skipping. You the know, end. I was
1: always better with the spark notes than I was with actually <laughs> reading the books, <laughs> that's just kind of person I am. Where can people find us, Jeremiah? Oh, actually, before we do that, I'm so sorry. You, you destroyed the cadence last week, and I'm taking back our show, all right?
0: So I hope you enjoyed this, right? And I said that. So what are we doing next week? Next week, we're still going to be talking about Christian nationalism. We're going to try to focus in on the positives of a Christian nation. So should we be brought to a state of repentance and people start moving that direction, and become more of a Christian nation, we go back to our heritage as a nation, what would be the effects and the benefits of that, and what what can we look to as a driving force to go out there on a more horizontal level with going out and preaching the gospel to nations?
1: And maybe we'll make our own Christian nation out of it.
0: Maybe maybe Christian nationalism was just the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find us, Jeremiah? You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at First Off You're Wrong. You can also find us on X, Twitter, Elon. Stop saying it like that. It's just X. We're cool now. You it's can find on us X. On, you can on find X. us on X. Yeah, you can find us on X. F underscore O underscore Y underscore W. If you have a question for us, you can also email us at Contact at First Off You're Wrong. Go ahead and shoot us an email. Just do it. Ask us, ask us a question. See if you have a topic you want us to cover. Maybe you have a disagreement with us we can cover. What's the worst that could happen? We just don't respond to you? We get a lot of spam. <sighs> Do we get a lot of spam? And no,
1: we don't really. Oh, good. I keep signing up for things on it. but Why? i guess we I'm just understood. <laughs> I don't. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but you already know that. But the most important thing that you now know and that you learned this week is that first off, you're wrong.
0: Bye-bye.